All right, we're gonna interview a viral video star today. She's so huge that just one of her videos has gotten about 58 million views. So, Anna Kasparian, welcome to the show. Good to have you here. Hi. Hey. So, you're gonna tell us the inspiration behind this video? Yes. But obviously, for those of you at home that haven't seen it, if you're one of the three people left on the planet who hasn't, this is from 2018, and it was about the issue of religion and abortion and commingling church and state. And it has become repopularized after, unfortunately, Roe v. Wade was overturned. But for, again, this few of you that haven't seen this video, here's what took off. These comments might be strong, but it's how I genuinely feel. Um, I don't care that you're a Christian. I don't care what the Bible says. Like, I feel like it's a clown show, like sitting here trying to decipher what your little mythical book has to say about these very real political issues, right? I don't care if you're Christian. In fact, I will fight for you to have your religious liberty and practice your Christianity. I believe in that. I don't believe in Christianity, which means that you do not get to dictate the way I live my life based on your religion. I don't care what the Bible says. You have every right in the world. All those women who identify with your religion have every right in the world to not get an abortion, to not take birth control. But they do not have the right to dictate my life and what I decide to do with my body. I don't care about your goddamn religion. I'm so tired of having nonstop conversations about what the Bible says you live your life in the way that you interpret the Bible. Again, I don't care, but you don't get to take the Bible and tell me, well, the Bible says this in this chapter in this verse. I don't care. I don't care. I don't believe in it. And I have the right based on our constitution to not believe in it. Well, obviously I love that, but apparently everybody loves that. So before we get to the inspiration, I'm curious, did it have any outward effect on your life? Because sometimes. Like I'll see stories about like, oh, this person got a viral video, got 350,000 views, and she's a star now. Mm-hmm. This one got over 50 million views. Right. So yeah, I don't, and I don't know. It hasn't really, no, it hasn't changed my life substantively. It might have to do with the fact that aside from doing the show we do regularly, I'm a bit of a hermit and I don't really care for much attention outside of what I do for my job, right? Like I want the stories I talk about to get attention. But no, I mean, there's there's been some interest in interviewing me. Other platforms have wanted to talk to me about that video. The only way that it's had like an, an actual impact on my life is mostly mentally, emotionally, because putting that out there and then getting the positive response from other women in return, Finally gives me a little bit of the validation that I think I needed, especially at a moment when Roe was reversed, to keep going. Because what we do for our jobs is not an easy job. We, I've been personally doing this at TYT for 15 years. And you wanna feel like the hard work you're putting in is paying off in positive ways. And you look at the country and it's devolved so much in the last 15 years. And things weren't so great 15 years ago to begin with. But hearing from other women, and not just women, just other people who are so frustrated with religious doctrine dictating their lives, with specifically Christian religion dominating policy decisions that are made by our lawmakers in a country that's supposed to have a separation of church and state. Just knowing that there are people out there who 
see that clip and it resonates with them and they feel as fired up as I do, gives me the strength to keep doing what we do for our jobs every day. Okay, I love it. Uh, we're gonna get to the Swiss shirt, we're gonna get to another video and inspiration in a second too. But uh, also, a lot of like mainstream folks mm -hmm. uh, shared it. Do you remember some of the names? Alec Baldwin shared it. Interesting. Um, <sighs> A lot of other people who- Andy Cohen. Andy Cohen, yes, from Bravo shared it. Yeah. And I love the Housewives franchise. So. Not, not a big deal. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. ah, so I, they, I, by I really way, like that. Like, I saw this once, there's like dozens of others that are you know in mainstream media, etc. But I vicariously, because you know, for those of you who've never seen us before, Anna and I do a show called The Young Turks. And the conversation, this show is part of the TYT network, but Anna and I, built the flagship show together, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and we don't get a lot of positive reinforcement from mainstream media. Mostly negative. Yeah, yeah we've been attacked you know, pretty much the entire 20 years we've been around. Um, so did it feel uh, a little good to get positive reinforcement from some folks in mainstream media? I don't really care, to be honest. Uh, the, the only thing that felt good was that the message resonated. Right? It's not about, oh, I'm being validated or accepted by certain people. I don't, I'm gonna speak my mind. I'm gonna say what needs to be said. Nothing's gonna stop me. I'm not looking for validation. But I do think that message is important because right now we're dealing with a political party that wants to completely deny that we have a separation of church and state, that we're supposed to have constitutional protections from religious doctrine dictating our lives. I mean, you have Lauren Boebert saying she's sick of the separation of church and state. You have Charlie Kirk in a recent rant claiming that there's no constitutional protections from religion and politics, you know, mingling the way that it has recently. And that's terrifying because just like they want to protect their Second Amendment rights and have guns available to anyone and everything. Fact of the matter is, our First Amendment rights matter, separation of church and state matters. Freedom matters, and to me, freedom means not allowing someone else's faith and someone else's interpretation of morality, again, dictate your life and the decisions you get to make over not only your own life, but your body, yeah. right? Yeah, it's I think a sad indictment actually of the rest of media that no one's ever said it before. Um, you know, they haven't said it like that. They haven't said it as forcefully as you did. And I think that's why it resonated, where people were like, "Oh, finally." Somebody just said it. Like, wait, why do I have to follow your rules? I thought this was a free country. Why can't I follow my rules, right? And so, okay, so what was the inspiration behind it? Because I don't know that. The inspiration behind that rant, and I've never told anyone about this, was you, Ooh. but not in the ways that you're thinking. Oh. Okay, so every time we do a story on the show about a group of religious people who want to change policy and they want to force their religion on everyone else. Jenk inevitably, inevitably, and remember I've been here for 15 years, will start talking about what the Bible says, right? So he'll talk about how the Bible says you shouldn't be eating shellfish, you shouldn't be doing this, you shouldn't be doing that. But it's all stuff that everyday normal Christians engage in, but never criticize. And I can't stand when you do that. And the reason why- <laughs> I'm glad to have inspired you, Anna. You inspired me. The reason why is because, again, it doesn't matter, mm -hmm. right? So when you give in to their framing, 
Because they frame it as this is what the Bible says and the Bible should determine what our policy should be. No, but no, the Bible should not determine what our policy policy should be. The Torah should not determine what the policy should be. Whatever religious doctrine you believe in doesn't get to dictate the laws that we must abide by. Because we live in a country that believes in freedom of religion. Meaning there are all sorts of people of faith who believe all sorts of things. Some some of those faiths conflict with one another. Sometimes they mesh well with one another. But fact of the matter is it doesn't matter when it comes to our policies. So like stop giving into their framing. Yeah, no, I, I'm not. Now let's debate, okay? Uh, <laughs> no, Anna, that's there's no question that what you're saying is true. Of course, that I'm saying even if you thought the Bible was should have any effect on on our policy, and unfortunately, a giant percentage percentage of the country does. Well, then you should read it, and the Bible is definitely pro-abortion. So numbers five eleven through thirty one, read it. I know you'll make all sorts of excuses. Oh no, but another part that God said that there was a no. But I'm actually interpreting that in a different way that's convenient for the argument I'm making right now. Because the fact of the matter is, religious doctrine is always up for interpretation, unless you're cuckoo for cocoa puffs and you believe in the literal interpretation of the Bible. Yeah, but a lot of people do, and unfortunately, those people are in power. Anyway, what I want to say to them is, look, you guys, you don't even believe it. You don't believe anything in the Bible. And so to, to the shellfish point, well, if you eat shrimp, you eat lobster, you eat crabs or whatever, that is an abomination the same as lying with a man. Are there people going to board, school board meetings going, you have to take the shrimp out of the curriculum, right? Yeah. No, but it's because they want to hate gay people. They want to control women. So they're finding the convenient parts of the Bible, which aren't even really, a lot of the abortion parts aren't even in the Bible, right? And using it as a pretext. But Anna is 100% right. Even if they were right about the Bible, who cares? That would matter a lot in the Vatican, which is controlled by the Bible. That's where the Pope lives and right. that's and he's in charge of the Vatican and that's where it is the law. Right? Religious doctrine dictates the Vatican, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like what's in the Quran? Well, that matters a lot in Saudi Arabia. Now it matters a lot in Afghanistan. It doesn't matter at all here in America, not because Muslims are the minority, but because it very clearly says in the Constitution, we shall not establish a religion. So I don't know what part of that is unclear. Part of it for me, Anna, is that my whole life, no one in mainstream media has said things that are super obvious. Mm -hmm. And that's what drives me crazy. And I think that's what drives the entire younger generation crazy. Like, what's wrong with these boomers? Like, why won't they say the most obvious things in the world? Because in the old days, guys, if you're younger, we only had TV and radio and newspapers, basically mainstream media. There was no Google, there was no internet. You couldn't look things up. You'd have to go to the library, you have to get microfiche. But then even when you do the microfiche, you're just looking at old mainstream media, right? And it was a monopoly on information and they brainwashed the entire country into absurdities. like, And that goes exactly to Anna's point, which is why are we having a conversation about what's in the Bible when it comes to our government? When it says we shall not establish a religion, we can't entertain this debate. There is no debate. Mm -hmm. So so I think that's why the video took off and everybody's like, finally, finally someone said it. And that is a second video, similar topic. That this one also resonated. In fact, it's from the same segment, mm -hmm. right? So let's take a look at that. 
can't go around talking about Muslim majority countries or countries like Iran and how they treat their women there. Oh, Can you believe it? The men force the women there to dress a certain way or to act a certain way. What do you think you're doing? And they pretend, they pretend like they care about unborn babies' lives. There are children who are on their way here to the United States out of fear for their lives. And you support a president who believes in shooting them if they throw rocks. Okay, you don't care about life. You pretend like you do. You use it as an excuse to control the lives of women in the country. That's what it's really about, okay? Because you have to practice what you preach. The right to life doesn't end at reproductive rights. Okay, there are living human beings right now that you and your party consistently go after, okay, fearmonger about, slander, and you don't care about their lives. Time and time again, you guys have proven that. Okay, so I'm gonna ask you about democratic reaction because so right wing, we know they they get, they're gonna get angry, they they don't believe what we believe, and they're gonna find it outrageous like. One time I said, uh, Christians did the Holocaust. And that took off in right wing media. Like, can you believe Cenk Uyghur said that? It's just a fact. Mm-hmm. So, like, did Muslims do it? Did Buddhists do it? No, Christians did it. And it's okay. I don't mean that Christian, all Christians are at fault. Uh, it was explained within the context. They gave the full quote in the articles, which was funny. And they're like, like, yeah, the people in Germany who did the Holocaust were Christian. So, like, and I was in regard to do Christians always do the right thing? This is so obvious, right? So we know what the right wing reaction is gonna be. They're gonna be outraged at everything, right? But is a lot of times I feel like the democratic reaction to strong statements that you make and and we make is that is hey, 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 that's gonna offend religious voters. That's gonna offend Republicans, etc. Is that in a sense more frustrating? I think what's frustrating is the endless fecklessness and weakness of the Democratic Party, which has failed time and time again to protect the very rights that women fought aggressively for, particularly reproductive rights in this context. But you know, other disenfranchised groups have fought for the rights that they were able to, you know, succeed in accomplishing. And the party that purports to be the line of defense between disenfranchised groups of people and foaming at the mouth rabid conservatives somehow fails to protect those rights. Like they continue to fail. So like I don't, anyone who takes advice from the mainstream Democratic Party is stupid. The mainstream Democratic Party is weak, they have failed, they are ineffective. And I say that as someone who is currently a registered Democrat in the state of California where we unfortunately do not have open primaries and I have to pick a party if I wanna vote in primaries. But obviously if I have to choose a party in this disastrous two party system, I have in the past sided with Democrats. But I can't think of anything that's more disappointing than the Democratic Party. So if they're gonna give me messaging advice, I will dispense of that messaging advice as quickly as humanly possible because again, they're ineffective. They don't even know how to communicate. They don't know how to legislate. They don't know how to get a damn thing done. We just, look, I want everyone to understand this, like soak this in because this is the reality of the situation. Women in America lost their reproductive rights at a time when for the first time ever, 
our vice president is a woman. Okay, if I were the first female vice president, if, if I was like the fifth female vice president in the United States, that ain't happening on my watch and I would fight like hell to prevent that from happening. I get that the executive branch has limited power in this context, but the lack of passion, the lack of concern that we saw from the Democratic Party, from the White House, from Kamala Harris, this nation's first female vice president is not only disastrous and disappointing, how do you forgive that? How do you forgive that? I can't forgive it. So this goes to a really interesting generational divide. So so Anna and I obviously share a lot of opinions, we do a show together. But I grew up under the brainwashing influence of mainstream media. You grew up less so in that context, okay? A little bit, but not as much as I did. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so if you're religious, I've done your drug, I used to be religious. If you're a Republican, I've done your drug, I used to be a Republican. If you believed in mainstream media, I've definitely done your drug. I used to believe in mainstream media. And I, so that is part of the reason, part of the reason why I have a zeal of the converted. Um, and I also have an anger towards them mm-hmm. for lying to me my whole life, right? So for example, in this context, if we say, and, and Certainly if I said it because I'm not a woman so that they'll use gender identity politics, etc. But even if you said what you just said and said, hey, Kamala Harris, if I was in your situation, I would say, I would have you know, done a press conference and how dare these goddamn Republicans. I mean, is that a minimum, a minimum yeah, yeah. press conference, yeah. Yeah, uh, take my rights away, you don't get to control my body, right? But if we say that, Anna, you just basically did say that. To this day, everyone in Washington would say that's unacceptable. I know, Jake, but who cares? Who cares? Like, you keep mentioning that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you you love to talk about that. Oh, everyone in Washington says this, and everyone, yeah, they're losers. They're losers. The Democratic Party is full of losers. So who cares what they say? We need to steamroll them. Okay, the Democratic Party needs to be steamrolled by progressive candidates who actually want to legislate, who actually want to govern, who actually want to protect people's rights. Because right now, this flaccid, impotent Democratic Party ain't fighting for us. All they care about, I mean, look, there was so much coverage and it was justified. So much coverage about Donald Trump using the office of the presidency to enrich himself, to direct federal money to his personal businesses, right? But you see that happening all the time with lawmakers across the board, across both parties. You have representatives in the Democratic Party who are much more interested in trading individual stocks based on insider information that they receive during their briefings than they do actually legislating and representing the people who put them in those positions of power in the first place. I'm sorry, not interested in what the Washington consensus is. No. They're losers, they're losers. So I'll tell you why I care, And but by the way, if you like that sweatshirt, we just, Got that at shoptyt.com. Keep your bands off my body. Yep. Uh, I love it. Okay, there you go. Uh, shoptyt.com. Uh, wear it loud, wear it proud. Um, so, Anna, look, uh, remember Time, Newsweek were giants, Sports Illustrated, these are all giants, right? And, um, and so now they're not. Uh, Newsweek's still around a little bit. Time, I guess, is still around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did one interesting story a couple of years back. Uh, Sports Illustrated, apparently Jordan Peterson couldn't finish to it and that became- Not fappable material for Jordan Peterson. But uh, if I went 
on and on about goddamn time in Newsweek and Sports Illustrated. You'd be like, what's wrong with Cenk? Does he, can we get him a therapist, etc.? Because they're not that relevant anymore, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody's talking about time in Newsweek, he's not influencing anyone. So the reason why I'm still obsessed with Washington Consensus is because they have a Vulcan mind lock on older Democratic primary voters. Yeah, and they gotta die off. Oof, okay. Keeping it real, you guys are destroying the country. They provide cover for an impotent Democratic Party that allows that allows the GOP to to implement their regressive policies. You guys, you are the bane of our existence. Young women in this country, I know all you older female Democratic voters, doesn't matter for you. You're good, you're gooch, you don't have to worry about a damn thing. All of us young women are now terrified about what this means for our futures. Okay, by the way. Tons of women, tons of people who have all sorts of conditions like autoimmune issues, right? Can't get certain prescription drugs they need for their autoimmune issue because state lawmakers are concerned that that drug might be used to cause an abortion. This is gonna be disastrous, not just for young women, but all sorts of people across the country. And you have older Democratic voters who are like, everything's good for me. How's my stock portfolio doing? You guys are destroying the country. So I apologize if it hurts your feelings that I'm looking forward to a day when you don't have political power anymore. But I'm definitely looking forward to that day. Can't wait till you guys step aside and allow people to do the real work. Yeah. So let me do the standard caveat, which is that some of the best progressives in the country are from the old school. I'm not right? talking about progressives. Yeah. I'm talking about the old Democratic voters who provide cover for fecklessness and ineffective governance. Yeah, so we're in a mortal clash. And I, of course, I don't want him to die off. And I assume that's a rhetorical flourish on your part. Sure, whatever uh, but, uh, gives you but, comfort. Yeah, but, we, we, but I do agree that I definitely, definitely want them to lose political power because they are picking conservative Democrats that agree with Republicans in every primary. And it's because they are 100% brainwashed by MSNBC, CNN, New York Times, and NPR, and other outlets too, but the mainstream media that tells them, oh, progressives wouldn't win. Oh, don't fight too hard. Don't, oh, no, no, civility is the most important thing. Oh, status quo is great. No, everything's fine. Not yet, not yet, not now, not now, no, later, many years later, decades later. Oh, Biden's not doing anything. That's great. Don't do, no, no, there's nothing he could do. There's nothing, there's nothing Pelosi could do. There's nothing Schumer could do. There's nothing Biden can do. There's always nothing that anybody can do. So, I believe me that I share your frustration. Yeah, they're professional GOP enablers. That's what they really are. What we have to figure out, and there's only a minute left here, so I don't know how we're going to figure it out in that amount of time. But is how do we win those elections? How do, how do we either win over those voters or defeat those voters in primaries? Because until we move establishment Democrats out of the way, they're never going to let us get to the Republicans. They're never going to let us effectively fight the Republicans. And so that. Monopoly that Washington still has on older Democratic voters is absolutely destroying the country. It is. Yeah, and so that's why I keep talking about goddamn Washington and what they think, right? But what you saw here and what you see with the tens of millions of people that have watched Anna's videos raging on this issue, rightfully so, is that a lot of people are on our side. So if you're in my age group, you're in a you know, or you're from the old school, or you're from anywhere, 
and you're still watching cable news and still think the New York Times is there's all the news that's fit to print and all that garbage that they spew out with their propaganda and their marketing. Understand that there's a whole nother world. There's, I mean, like I keep saying, that video alone, at least 58 million people have watched it. And that is 58 million people who say, God damn right, Anna is right. And we're sick of this, sick of it. And so if you keep telling us, keep waiting, keep waiting, Democrats should never fight, they should always give in to Republicans. And our answer is no deal. Then you and I are gonna fight and we're gonna see who wins. And I got my money on Anna. I hope so. Yeah, because we've all had it up to here. 100%, I think I made that clear. <laughs> 100%. All right, much love. Thank you for joining us, Anna. My pleasure. <laughs> All right, and uh, keep your bands off my body. <laughs> All of our bodies. All right, much love. We'll see you next time.